0: A professional juggler was driving to his next performance when he was pulled over by a cop. The cop looked in the car and said, what's all this uh, matches and lighter fluid for? Well, I'm a professional juggler. I juggle flaming torches in my ass. Sure you do, buddy. Show me. So he gets out of the car and he masterfully juggles these flaming torches. And this other car slows down, watching us. And the driver says to his wife, Wow, I'm glad I gave up drinking. <laughs> Look at the tests they're giving now. <laughs> Fortunately for you, our current sermon series, the Bible, Good News, Good Advice, or Garbage, has no tests. And certainly no tests involving flaming torches. So, how many of you would like to see me do that? Okay, I will start practicing. (laughs) But while there's no test with flaming torches, this series does have flammable materials. And they're found right here in the pages of the Bible. This morning's topic is vulgar and violent. Why is that in the Bible? How many of you have ever read anything vulgar or violent in the Bible? Raise your hand. Yeah. A lot of hands, and there is a lot of it, in the pages of Scripture. For example, 1 Samuel 15, verse 3. Now go and attack Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, and sheep, camel, and donkey. Psalm 137, verse 9. Happy shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. Now I could go on. There are very vulgar passages, there are even much more violent passages. Passages that would not rate G, but R, or maybe NC-17, or even worse. But why? And what are we to do with them? Philip Yancey, the author of the book, The Jesus I Never Knew, says this about the scriptures. They portray the world as it is. No hold bars. In his pages you will find passionate stories of love and hate, blood, chilling stories of rape and dismemberment, matter-of-fact accounts of trafficking in slaves, honest tales of the high honor and treachery of war. Nothing is neat and orderly. End of quote. Life is not neat and orderly, Right? Life is full of both the beautiful and the barbaric. A Bible that did not present us with both the best and worst of humanity, as well as the best and worst of religion, would not be very accurate. And it also would not be particularly helpful in helping us to confront the best and worst in ourselves, in our churches. And in our society at large. Okay, okay, you're thinking, but, alright, but doesn't the Bible sometimes seemingly endorse the vulgar and the violent? Well, that's the real kicker! And certainly the Bible has been used that way. And to the church's credit, sometimes the church has condemned the Bible's usage that way, but other times the church has condoned it, has promoted it, shame on us. And here is a key concept to keep in mind. A key concept. Just because something is in the Bible, doesn't mean the Bible is endorsing it. Just because something is in the Bible, doesn't mean the Bible is endorsing it. In fact, a lot of what is in the Bible is there is an example of what not to do. Hasten point, King David. King David. When the scriptures tell us about King David's affair with Bathsheba, and uh, Uriah, Uriah uh, the wife of Uriah, one of his military commanders, and David's efforts to cover up the affair, which eventually leads to David's rage and Uriah's murder, it's not there to commend that kind of behavior to us. It's there to be honest about who David was, and it's there to tell us the tragedy of... And consequences of sin. Now, here's another key question. Here's a key question to ask anytime you're reading a difficult passage in the Bible. Is this passage prescriptive, or is it descriptive? Is it prescriptive, or is it descriptive? Turn to your neighbor and tell them prescriptive, descriptive. A little a bit of a tongue twister, prescriptive, descriptive. That is, is this passage prescribing, recommending this behavior, or is it merely describing it? And even when we find a commandment in scripture, even when we find a prescription in scripture, we have to ask ourselves does this commandment, prescription, apply to us as twenty first century Christians? Or is this particular passage meant for another place, another time, another person? Because parts of the scriptures, very clearly, even in the context of the passage, are directed toward that one person or that one situation. Where Christians have always understood certain passages to apply to all time, all peoples. Let's go back to prescriptive, descriptive here for a moment. Psalm 137. Happier they who you dash your little ones against the rock. Is that prescriptive or descriptive? It's descriptive. Psalm 137 is a psalm of lament. It's a poem of sorrow. It's a poem of grief. It's a poem of rage. Why? Because it's talking about the time when the Israelites, their land was conquered. Their friends and family were killed, tortured, or worse. They were taken away as foreign captives to another country. And there they are grieving. There they are mourning. And so while we would not agree or approve of the idea of dashing little ones against the rock, we can understand why a people who went through atrocities might feel that rage toward their enemies, toward their captors. They might lift that up in prayer. But it's descriptive. It's not telling us to do that. And now for a little joke. So a Sunday school teacher is teaching about the Sunday of Easter and the resurrection of Jesus. And he says, boys and girls, what did Jesus do on this day? Nothing. Silence. So he gives them a hint. He says, well, it started with the letter R. And one little girl blurts out, recycle! Another key point to keep in mind about the Bible is that the Bible is best read in community. And historically, in the great tradition of Christianity, the Christian community has not valued all the books equally, has not weighted all the books equally. Rather, the Christian community historically, in the great tradition of the faith, has weighed certain books over others. It certain books are the foundation, or even certain sections of the books are the foundation, are the core, are the lenses through which we read the rest of the. The Bible. What are those minutes The life of Jesus in the four gospels. So as Christians, we must read every passage in the Bible. We must recycle, recycle, recycle every passage of the Bible through the law of love. Through Jesus' great commandment. Which to summarize is love of God and love neighbors. So let's say that together. Love God, love neighbors. So when we recycle passages through the law of love, for example, 1 Samuel 15, kill them all—children, women, men, animals. Well, we immediately know as Christians that that's not—we're not called to that. Immediately we know that's not us. We know immediately that we would condemn those kind of acts. Jesus did not take down lives. Jesus allowed his own life to be taken. Now, for sure, we still have to wrestle with why is that there? What were like really thinking? Is that good religion? Is that bad religion? Was that a one-time thing? What's going on there? But we immediately know But that that's not what we are called to do. We are called to love. Now, this does not mean spinning every passage of Scripture so that it comes out kittens and koala bears. That would be a violation of Scripture. So it's not just about spinning everything to be warm fuzzies. And besides, I kind of think koala bears are kind of creepy looking, but... So it's not saying everything to be you know, lovely and warm and wonderful because that would be a violation of Scripture. And that also would fail to give us a robust understanding of love as taught and example by Jesus. Love can forgive. Love can confront. Love can set healthy boundaries. You need to stop doing that now. Love can set free from unhealthy boundaries, it's okay. You're alright. This is okay. Love has many manifestations. Love takes many shapes. And so we need to keep that robust understanding of love as we find in the pages of Scripture. And it is it Thomas, we believe that love transforms lives. And if you believe that love transforms lives, say Amen. amen. Okay. A little survey question here. How many of you still have objections and questions about some of these vulgar, violent, difficult passages? Raise your hand. Oh. Good! Fantastic! Keep those close to your mind and your heart. Because a lot of these flammable materials, these flammable passages of Scripture that are so difficult, really require community, discernment, to best understand whether they are prescriptive or descriptive. And how we should recycle them through the law of love. Through Jesus' great commandment. Next week we'll be looking at wisdom and wonder. How you can be blessed by the Bible. But in the meantime, hang with the Bible. Wrestle with it. Question it. Research the facts. Talk about it with Christians and non-Christians. You'll be surprised at the results. Amen. (laughs) you <laughs>